Lonnie and Kay were high school sweethearts. But over time, the never-ending conflict and their loss of love threatened to tear their marriage apart. When we filled out our forms with Focus on the Family, they asked us if we believed in a miracle, if we were willing to allow a miracle to happen. And, you know, with all my heart, that's what I wanted. Lonnie and Kay attended Hope Restored, where Focus counselors help heal and restore broken relationships, giving husbands and wives godly hope for the future. I guess what I'd say is I cherish her now more than I did before, and I, and I have a way that I can communicate to her that I did not have before, and Focus on the Family has given me that ability. I'm Jim Daly. Working together, we can save more families like Kay and Lonnie's every month. Become a friend to Focus on the Family by calling 800-A-FAMILY or donate at focusonthefamily.com family. Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. I think every successful marriage has to figure one key thing out, and that's this. It's more important to focus on how you're loving them than how your spouse is loving you. I'm John Fuller, along with Greg Smalley. And Greg, that statement probably bears some repeating. Uh, It's a really important one, isn't it? It's extremely important and very hard to do because it's so easy for me to see what I want, what I need. I'm aware of my own pain much more than I'm aware of what's going on with Aaron. If if Aaron and I are walking through a doorway and somehow we both slam our fingers and we're cut and they're hurting, I love her, I care about her, but I'm much more aware of my own pain in that moment than I am of her. Now, this is just a metaphor that you pulled right. out of the air. It hasn't happened recently. Never. There, for the record, there are no <laughs> Band-Aids on your finger. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. But it, it is, it's easier for me to, to be aware of my needs. Yeah, I think that's a, a very natural human tendency, and the Lord somehow designs marriage to help us in that. Gary Thomas is one of our favorite guests who thinks about marriage and uh, speaks so very powerfully about it. Uh, he has years of experience writing, talking, thinking about marriage, and here's some advice from Gary Thomas as he talks with Jim Daly. Gary, let's start right there. It is a pretty... Uh veiled selfish act, isn't it? We marry people because they're making us feel so good about ourselves when we're courting. Right. And in one sense, that's understandable, and I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that, but I look at it like this. That's the whipped cream. Go back to one of my favorite desserts, an ice cream sundae. They didn't start building the ice cream sundae by saying, what can I put under the whipped cream? Or what could I put under a cherry? And then under the whipped cream. It starts out with an ice cream sundae is built on ice cream. And I think our happiness and our fulfillment is sort of the whipped cream. But I want to call people back to the ice cream, which I actually think is worship. I think that's the best foundation for a fulfilling life and a fulfilling marriage. So we've taken the whipped cream and made it the main thing. I want to go back to the new substance that we sustain our marriages primarily through worship. Before we really get there, though, you had a kind of a dramatic aha moment in your own marriage. Uh, describe how this revelation came to you. I was praying one time, and it, it was like a two-by-four, Jim, when I realized I had gotten married for primarily selfish reasons. Like the way my wife looked, uh, we laughed together. I thought she would be a good mom. And that's understandable. You've got to make those decisions when you're deciding who to marry. But when I look at 
the fact that it was getting married because this is what you'll bring to me. And talking to so many couples, nobody has really questioned me. I said, didn't you get married for primarily selfish reasons? You thought you'd have a better life married to this person than not, or married to this person instead of that person. And when we realize that selfishness is what draws most marriages together, and what I'm going to suggest is that perhaps God designed marriage to attack our selfishness, that's when we realize we need to get on God's page to really go deeper into our marriages and appreciate the fullness of marriage. Otherwise, what happens is we have a great three years while we fulfill our selfish needs and then a frustrating 30 years as we say what happened to what we used to have. Mm. I, you know, I uh, realize that and I'd say only in the last couple of years that idea that that selfish core that what maybe what God did here and I always say it in a sense of humor is bringing two opposite people together and then it helps you to work on your selflessness to make us more like him. That's what you're saying, isn't it? Absolutely. When I got married, I thought my greatest need was to be loved. I wanted to find somebody who would always have my back, who would always be there, who would always look well, who would never say a a hurtful word or do a hurtful thing because I thought that was my greatest need. And when my marriage changed is when I realized that God has already met that need. I'm loved as well as anybody could be loved. I'm loved as well as it's possible to be loved. God has created me. He adores me. He knows me. He has saved me. He has redeemed me. And so my greatest need isn't to be loved any more than somebody who's just pushed back from the Thanksgiving table has the greatest need to be fed. I mean, love is a need and being fed is a need. But when the need has been met, your greatest need is something very different. And for me, I realize now my greatest need is to learn how to love. And I started going through the scriptures, and, I, and we could go through dozens of passages. Love extravagantly. Love your enemies. Your love for each other should be increasing. So many passages where the Bible says your greatest need is to learn how to grow in love. And when I realized my greatest need wasn't to be love, but to learn how to love, mm. Then I looked at my days very differently. When I thought my greatest need was to be loved, a good day was when I was noticed, appreciated, cared for, and shown affection. Now, a good day, if I believe my greatest need is to learn how to love, is when I can notice, when I can show affection, when I can serve. So completely change the grid by which I look at my marriage or what constitutes a good day in marriage. What keeps us from that revelation? I mean, why don't most of us understand this? Is it simply because as human beings, we're very selfish? I think selfish is a big one. I think pride is another. I honestly think most of us, and look, I'm including myself here above all of this. I learn most of this stuff by messing up in the area first. And for me, well, I want a story. Well, for me, it was is pride. It was thinking that my marriage will be better when my spouse gets her stuff together. (laughs) And and most couples I talk to uh, in pastoral counseling, that really is the moment where we have to come to that revelation. They come saying, will you please straighten out my spouse instead of how can we bring God into this situation? Now, there's a prayer we just don't pray a lot, which is, God, fix me before you fix my spouse. I mean, usually it's always do something with her or him because they're making life uncomfortable. Um, How do we, Greg, move toward actually doing that, having that attitude and then acting appropriately? Yeah, some great advice that I got one time was someone told me the worst question in terms of marriage is, how do I have a better marriage? 
and we ask that a lot. That's an easy thing. And to, you're a marriage counselor who hears it a lot, right? Exactly. The better question is, how can I be a better spouse? Because to have a great marriage, it requires both Aaron and I giving 100%. I can't control her. Therefore, what I can't control is how I'm showing up. What am I doing as a husband? How am I allowing God to grow me and to teach me? And I love Gary's statement. He says, because God already loves us, our greatest need is not to be loved, but is to learn how to love. And I think that's been one of the most important truths that I've learned is that, you know what, I am already fully loved by God. Therefore, I don't have to waste time and effort and energy trying to get Aaron to show up and do certain things for me. It's really, what can I be doing for her? First John 3.16 says that this is how we know what love is. It's a fascinating verse because it's saying, okay, literally, this is love, mm-hmm. that Christ laid down his life for us, thus we ought to lay down our life for others. So Christ sacrificed for me, that's the true meaning of love. So to make this super practical, I want to learn how can I really then sacrifice for my wife? Sacrifice is all about investing in your spouse. It's taking something that you own, you possess, your time, your comfort, your resources. Your to-do list. Your to-do list. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something that you own and value. So it can't be something that you could care less about. Oh, I'll give that to her. Like, you know, if, if she's like the goodwill, I'm just handing her things I don't really want anyway. But it's 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 taking things that matter to me. For for example, I, I one time, I don't know, you probably talked me into asking Aaron this. So this <laughs> okay, is really I'll, your I'll fault. I'll be the fall guy for this one, sure. I asked her one time, hey, what what's the one job around the house that you just can't stand doing? And and one of them was making the bed in the morning, which I hate. I mean, I'm like, amen, sister. Let's get rid (laughs) of our bed. Let's never make the bed. And and after a while, I I began to see making the bed in the morning as a way to to sacrifice for her. You know, in the morning, as I can give up some of my time Mm -hmm. to do that, even though when she's gone, when Aaron is away visiting family or doing a, a trip for work, that bed, bed never, never, because I, just, <laughs> I I love getting into the bed, how I got out of yeah. the bed. But but for her, that's been a way to really learn to sacrifice. And, and when we do that, that's what Gary Thomas was talking about. Mm-hmm. That's how we're learning truly how to love. Well, I so appreciate uh, what Gary said and your insights as well, Greg. And I just want to commend our website to our listeners. Um, We have a lot of information, um, some follow-up resources, including Gary Thomas's book, A Lifelong Love. Check the episode notes, and uh, while you're there, make a donation to the Ministry of Focus on the Family, and uh, we'll send a complimentary copy of that book to you. You're also going to find a link to a download of the entire conversation that Jim and I had with Gary. Next time, more from Gary Thomas uh, to help you make sure you and your spouse are on the same side. And until then, on behalf of Greg and the entire team, I'm John Fuller thanking you for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.